Hi guys and welcome to Deshaming. Deshaming is a podcast and movement dedicated to raising awareness about incest abuse, sexual abuse, and childhood family trauma. I'm your host Pamela Clark and I'm a licensed behavioral therapist. I currently live in San Antonio, Texas and I'm also a survivor of incest abuse. I'm happy to say, I'm, I'm elated to say that today I am thriving. So sit back, relax, and I hope that this podcast and movement prompts you to get involved and helps you on your path to de-shaming. Okay, guys. Hi. It's Pamela here, your fearless hostess with the most deaths. <laughs> That's probably one of the cheesiest things I've said on here. No, I think I probably said cheesier things. So I hope everybody's doing well during this crazy time. Shut up in the house. Um, I know it's been difficult for everybody, but we are strong human beings. We can we can fight this together. We can make it through this. So today I wanted to talk about self-worth versus self-esteem. And I Somebody made a comment to me or a statement to me probably a week ago, and I think that's what prompted me to want to do this podcast on this particular topic. She said, esteemable acts build self-esteem, which I love. I think that's a beautiful statement. Um, But it also, of course, as an incest survivor, started me thinking, well, do my acts have to, do I have to perform to be loved? Because that's where my brain goes, right? That's where my brain was geared to go. So I wanted to dive into what the difference is between self-esteem and self-worth and how, and take it a step further, and how that those two parts of you, your core person, are affected as an incest survivor, a sexual assault survivor, or any kind of trauma long-term trauma survivors. So that is what we will be talking about today. And I'm going to jump in in one second. So buckle up. Okay. Self-esteem versus self-worth. That's a big topic. Big, big, big one. So most people use those two terms interchangeably, and we generally think of them as being synonymous, but they are not. So self-esteem is defined as the confidence in one's own worth or abilities, self-respect. Now self-worth, I had to dig for a definition of this one because just Googling it or or, uh, just looking online, the initial response was see self-esteem has the same meaning, but that's not true. The psych world, the sense of... The self-worth is the sense of one's own value or worth as a person. So it's a, it's a core intrinsic value. Somebody, some people might refer to it as their soul. So it's not your, it's not your actions, it's your being. Now, we all know your actions act on your being, so it gets kind of intertwined and gray area there some, but I'm going to try to break it down a little bit. So... Self-esteem is what we show to the world on the outside, right? So it's, it's our abilities. It's our confidence in those abilities, too. It's our accomplishments and our confidence in those accomplishments as well. It's how we value ourselves. So it can be 
physical appearance, your uh, financial stability, any of that, your career, any of that stuff can be, it's what is outside of you. That is your self-esteem. Your self-worth, on the other hand, is your intrinsic value. So as human beings, we have a strong value just being. So everybody matters. I just want to get that point across. Everybody matters in this world. We need everyone here on this planet. Everybody's got a role. Um, so it's it's how you feel in your core. It's your it's how you feel about yourself, the self, like your being, what's inside you. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with your appearance. Doesn't have anything to do with how much money you make. Doesn't have anything to do with if you're married or have kids or any of that stuff. So on the surface, both self esteem and self worth look the same, and and they are rightfully they're related. To each other because they have to do with how we feel about ourselves, but they apply to two different sides of the self. So that becomes threatened. Developing those two sides of the self becomes threatened when you experience trauma or as you grow up, when you experience, as myself, incest abuse. Uh, long-term sexual abuse, long-term traumatic or trauma or traumatic events, your core, your intrinsic self-worth is altered. And then, of course, in turn, it can affect your self-esteem. So we all have that inner voice, you know, that inner critic that says, I don't know. I mean, mine is loud. She, he, whatever. It doesn't have a gender, but <laughs> screams loudly. And I'm learning to get it to shut up. But uh, mine is constantly, it's constant negative talk. It's constant fear of um, not being loved or fear of being loved. It's a double-edged sword for me. So when when you are a child and you experience trauma repeatedly, the voices of your abusers become your inner critic or your, it develops your self-worth. It defines your self-worth, right? So you don't, you don't really get a chance to develop it yourself. I didn't. I, I spent so much time playing chess, trying to avoid being abused by my multiple abusers that my self-worth and even my self-esteem was defined by everybody around me because I didn't make a move independently. It was my moves weren't made because oh I want to do this or I want to do that. My moves were made to avoid this happening or avoid that happening. Um, so it was just basically a big chess game. That's how I refer to it. Um, trying to make the right move to avoid this abuser and the right move to avoid that abuser to not get put in the position to be abused. And I'm sure millions of you sadly can relate to that. So it took me a long time. I, I would say up until about five years ago to really realize that I needed to find a definition for me 
of what my self-worth was. And that's not sad. I'm, I'm happy I got to it. I don't know that a lot of people get to that point after um, suffering trauma. But because, after, you know, as I've said before, you finish or the abuse ends and you carry those same patterns of behavior over into other relationships because that's what you're taught, right? So I entered into these relationships that mimicked my abuse on a different level. The same emotions were triggered. The same self-value and self-esteem was triggered in those relationships. And I just uh, then morphed myself into being what that person in that particular relationship wanted for me or wanted me to be. So, um, and I've been pretty good. I've been lucky that I've kept myself out of a lot of relationships because I just attracted abusers, you know, and again, those people were abused as well. So it's that cyclical, you're abused, let me abuse you. Then this person's abused, let me abuse you. That, that, trickle-down effect that this podcast is geared at ending, right? So I had to start therapy, of course. My therapist has been amazing in helping me um, figure out who I am and what my self-worth is because I didn't have any. I honestly didn't have any. Outwardly, I would hear people tell me how confident I was, uh, how what a great leader I am and this and that. And I would get home at night and think all I thought, all that played over my head were my abuser's voice. You're shit, you're crap, you're fat, you're ugly. Uh, No one could love you. No one's going to believe you. And so I I had that stuff on a loop for my whole life. I mean, that's, and I thought that that was my inner dialogue and it isn't. That dialogue belongs to my abusers. So I'm learning to retrain myself. And so can you. I'm learning to rewrite my inner dialogue. I'm learning to redefine my self-worth, to write over their the definition or the value or lack of value that my abusers wrote on me and rewrite it for myself. And so one of the ways that I'm starting to do that, uh, I've worked in therapy, which has been amazing for years. And, and that's been without even knowing it, I didn't recognize what I was doing, but simply acknowledging the pain that I suffered, acknowledging the abuse, like truly, truly acknowledging it. Because I made excuses for my abusers for years. I, I'm I tried to rewrite it to where it wasn't in my head as bad as it was. And they weren't as bad as they were. And I had to stop doing that. I I had to accept what truly happened first. And then I could redefine myself and show them compassion. So that, and that takes a lot of work. And that's, I'm sure that's a hard thing for some people to hear listening to this because trust me, five, six years ago, if I had heard the word compassion in relation to any of my abusers in a podcast, I would have been pissed. I would have been enraged and I would have turned the podcast off. So I get it. Like I'm not trying to diminish anybody's pain. But so the things that I'm doing to rewrite 
that dialogue is I'm, I've acknowledged my suffering. I've acknowledged the pain that was caused. And I've started being kind to myself in response to that pain instead of beating myself up or trying to convince myself that it was my fault because I did that for a long time because that seemed easier than trying to understand how people could do what they did. Um, and once I started embracing that that had happened to me and that it wasn't all of me, it was just a portion of me as a human being. It was only one thing that makes up me as a person. It was easier to start looking around or even looking inside myself, evaluating both my self-esteem and my genuine self-worth and trying to figure out who I am and change that inner dialogue. And so what I do is each time that my brain goes on the tangent of hating me and self-hatred dialogue, which it happens a lot, um, I redirect it. And this is genuinely what I say, and you don't have to do this, but I'm pretty much a super direct person, so have to be super direct with myself. And when those little things come into my head of, you're not doing enough, Pamela, you're not, you haven't accomplished enough, there's more you can do for de-shaming, I literally say to myself, shut up, Pamela. And right after I say, shut up, Pamela, I make myself pick one beautiful thing I like about my core being, not my physical appearance, because it's easy for me to focus on that and become obsessed with that. But my core being, that's my dog walking up the hall, by the way. He's about 13 and he has some walking issues, so he'll get loud in a second. And I apologize. He's adorable. Um, I will, one of the things I say is I like how persistent I am that when I care about something like this moving, this movement, de-shaming, it doesn't matter if five people listen to my podcast, I'm going to keep doing it because for me, that's important. Giving that back, even just this little bit back into the universe of healing. If I only one person hears it. I'm going to keep doing it. So I love my persistence. I love my dedication. So those are the things that I'm doing to rewrite my inner critic and uh, fall in love with myself, my inner self, Pamela, the true Pamela, not just the Pamela that was abused, not just the Pamela who has run away from facing the abuse and dealing with it, but me right now in this moment, the woman I am today. And the woman I am today is pretty badass because I faced it. I let it go. And I say that knowing that there's always remnants of the abuse, but it doesn't control me anymore. My self-esteem and my self-worth compared to what they looked like six years ago. I mean, I am a rock star. (laughs) So I hope that you guys find peace in this. I truly hope that this helps you. In any way, it's just me sharing my journey. I'm not trying to therapize anybody. This is just one victim to the other. This is how I've handled it. And maybe if you hear me in your 20s, you won't, you'll heal quicker than I ever did. And that's my only goal with this. I want it to stop. I want the abuse to stop for every child 
in this world, and I, I want everybody to heal from their past abuse. That's my only goal. So again, if you need help, if you or someone you know has been abused or is being abused, please reach out to Rain R A I N N dot O R G. That's Newton. That's my dog. You saying yeah? Call him or the Crisis Text Hotline. They're on Instagram. You can Google them. They're amazing. Reach out to them. Um, if you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health issues. This is Mental Health Awareness Month, so we need to remember uh, that mental health is physical health. You can't separate the two. Uh, NAMI, the National Organization of Mental Health, please reach out to them. They're all over Instagram. I, I follow every one of them on Instagram. They're amazing. Uh, so you can go to the Instagram page for de-shaming and look their Their lists are there. Their links are there. Or you can just... I think it's NAMI.org or it could be NAMI.com. I'm not sure. But any of those, please reach out for help. You are not alone. You are not the only one. And it is not your fault. All right, guys. I'll see you in a month.